Dark Winds premiered on Sunday. You may have heard of the series because it's executively produced by George R. R. Martin and Robert Redford. Or you may be familiar with the Tony Hillerman book series it is based on, or you're aware of the other adaptations. Or maybe you just like westerns. Whatever the case, welcome to today's episode where we discuss the latest installment of a different series every show. Today we are talking about a pilot titled Monster Slayer. Let's begin. Dark Winds was originally pitched for a different network than AMC, but the distributor passed with the excuse that they were already producing a similarly themed show. Take a guess from the following choices. Amazon Prime's Outer Range, HBO's True Detective, CW's Walker, or Paramount's Yellowstone. Uh, Well, Yellowstone has been around for like four seasons, so I think I can rule that out. I'm probably going to go with Outer Range. Amazon Prime seems like it could fit for this show. It was actually HBO that it was made for. HBO's True Detective got in the way, and so they ended up having to pitch it to a bunch of but different networks. But True Detective has been around for seasons, right? And it's still going. They're actually working on a fourth season right now. So how long has this been in the can for? Well, actually, it began, they started talking about this adaptation in 2016, and Robert Redford was the person at the helm. But who are you more surprised at to see attached to the project george rr R. martin or robert redford george rr R. martin because the only thing i know him from is game of thrones like i think a lot of people robert redford has done i mean he he retired but he's done a lot of like these western type of shows in fact i believe his final movie was like the old man and the gun i think that's what it was called so seeing his name and but seeing both of them attached to this project was together yeah that was that was surprising in and of itself and actually that leads me already to one of my pros you have a lot of talent not only behind the camera like you were saying with producing but also just the actors i I mean, you have Zon McLaren, Reservation Dogs. McLaren. McLaren, yeah. Uh, Reservation Dogs, Fargo, and even Barkskins, which I did not remember, but all shows that we've done for the podcast. I really like him. I like I like how he's kind of showing up in everything now because it's not only those I've seen him. Well, this is the first time that he is the lead actor in something. Right, yeah. And then you have Noah Emmerich, who was just previously in Suspicion a couple months ago. But still, perennially the FBI agent. Right, right. And then you have Rain Wilson, who has a knack for not showing up in pilots but still having his name in the credits. Like, I know that's the same thing happened with him in Utopia. Yeah. I was waiting for him here in the pilot never showed up i don't think at least he's not in the pilot yeah and so so already having that i was like i was excited to see the rest of this show yeah you've got most of the people there you didn't mention kiawa gordon he plays uh she in the show but he's from twilight fame oh I so i wouldn't expect you to know him yeah. however getting back to the george r. r martin and robert redford connection really quickly george r. r martin actually knew tony hillerman when he was alive they both lived in new mexico in the 70s and 80s and they made friends and so he was very aware of his book series the leap horn and she book series and redford actually owns the rights to those and the way he got them is pretty interesting so hillerman sold his rights to the leaphorn name mm-hmm. the character leaphorn early on in like the 80s or the late 70s and someone bought it as a production company they were going to make movies but they decided they weren't going to do that and then when he tried to write them leaphorn into his books again they said no you can't do it so he <laughs> so he was like stuck in a standstill so he had to make a new character mm-hmm. and that's how she came along and then after Leaphorn's that that contract lapsed, 
Redford came in there and bought up both characters and said, I'm going to do something with this. Okay. Right? Yeah. So then what he did was he kept on trying to make adaptations of it. First in 91, he made The Dark Wind, which was a direct-to-video movie starring Lou Diamond Phillips. It huh. became a direct-to-video movie during the production because he hated it so much how they did it. He didn't like the casting. He didn't like the, the so director. So it was set for theatrical, though. Originally. But then studios started pulling out. The money just <laughs> wasn't there. And you could even, it's most famously known, you can see the boom mic in several. that's how poorly it was made so then 10 years later he tried again with skinwalkers the navajo mysteries which was on pbs there were three television movies they went over better uh better casting you had skinwalkers coyote waits and a thief of time those were the three books that they adapted of hillerman's and then you had the same director there from those three or from two of those three chris Eyre who actually is directing here for this pilot okay. episode. The scenery shots, if you watch the old ones and then this pilot, are very similar. So in also, A lot of landscape shots. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. with a series like this, you can't avoid that. Do you remember the last Western series that we did for the podcast? I was just going to guess it was Outer Range. Um, no, it was actually Obi-Wan Kenobi, Tatooine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Billy the Kid was actually the last right. Western series. The last murder mystery that we did, or Who Done It? Uh, I don't remember. Stranger Things, sort of. Or the Essex Serpent. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And then the last Native American-centric series, these two have been... Reservation Dogs? Reservation Dogs and Rutherford Falls. But you've basically seen all of them, right? Yeah. So out of the three, which has been your favorite? Oh, I mean, they're they're all completely different. Um, so Rutherford Falls? Yeah, you what? <laughs> no, no, Rutherford Falls for sure. I remember that podcast. My favorite, yeah. I probably this is probably the, my second favorite because I do like Reservation Dogs. And, he's, and Zahn is also in Reservation Dogs, playing right. A cop, that's right? what I was saying. Yeah, yeah he's I one remember. of my favorite characters. In but that. does yeah. his cop performance kind of have the similarity? Or is no, it like- in Reservation Dogs, he's a lot more comedic. This one, he's like a lot more uh, hard ass kind of in this uh, series. He's a lot more serious. Yeah. in this series. Yeah, I'd say that Jim Chi is probably the comic relief. In fact, this character introduction, they almost make it so. They like, made him an asshole in this series like he just drove past those people yeah yeah right. so this is the third rendition of robert redford's version of uh lee porn and hold, she hold on did you watch the episode yeah i watched the episode not only did i watch the episode i read the two books that this season is based on <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't know that you watched the episode yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so despite the name dark winds it's actually not based anything on the dark wind book this season follows Tony Hillerman's 1978 story, Listening Women, and also People of Darkness 1980. And I'll tell you, after reading those, it's mostly following Listening Women, at least in this first episode. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe you can, like, attest to this, but I thought that the first 10 minutes were probably the most, like, intense. Like, I was really into it at the very beginning. Were okay. You? Yeah, you're talking about the first scene. You're talking about Gallup, New Mexico, 1971, less than a decade before the book's actual release. <laughs> but it seems like a long time ago now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's this truck armory or this armored truck robbery and this helicopter comes down right yeah out of like nowhere and then someone throws like a bag that's filled with a bomb but basically it's the cops get the money from like a savings and loans company well it's not the cops there's one cop one evil cop that's helping them out right yeah and then there's but there's two of them that are like oh you're saying that the cops got the money in the truck yeah yeah yeah. i'm saying that when they got there they played it almost like a batman joker style yeah where like one of the cops was evil and he ends up shooting all the other cops and then they take the money and they run yep and that was and then like they end up uh going down to basically new mexico 
I mean, they're in New Mexico. It's Gallup, New Mexico. Right, but, but you're saying they go to the, the Navajo like reservation style. Because right. it's interesting in the books. It's basically the four corners. You've got Colorado, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, and Utah. And those are mentioned a lot in the books because the Navajo reservation is like very much into Arizona. Yeah, so in fact, even though that this series is taking place in New Mexico, they even mention Flagstaff here. No, they only they also mention ASU, which is one of my favorite parts because I went to ASU. And so that's Joe canon. Born, ASU, yeah. That's canon. He went to ASU. So when he insults she, I know we're jumping ahead, but when Lee Horn insults she about going to college, I was like, wait, they didn't have him go to college because he's from ASU. <laughs> Anyways, and then they address it later on. So what did you think of Lee Horn's entrance? Because first you have that scene where there's this heist taking place and then suddenly right. you're out in the middle of nowhere and there's this guy having to like dig his own grave almost. It was interesting. I was thinking of myself as like, Lee Horn, is he going to end up killing this guy? Because like you were saying, he's digging a grave and then no, it just ends up being the fact that there was like, he was digging up artifacts and trying to steal them. I, I, I was a little like confused but i was like okay but it's in here to show that like lee porn is just kind of doing his job well i don't know if that's doing your job but he is part of the navajo tribal police and he has found a criminal who has stolen some stuff and he's making him put it back where he found it in the ground the the interesting thing in the book series i won't do this too much i promise where i like compare the two but i do want to add a different perspective in the book series lee porn's introduction is a lot lighter like he has a felon in the back of his police car but they're just shooting the shit oh, like they're making jokes about almost stuff. almost like the walking dead game where it's like the main character starts off in the back of a police car yeah he even lets him go later on on because he starts chasing someone most more serious someone who tries to like run him over so it's interesting how they just they definitely wanted zon mclaren to play like the serious mentor i did i did like that scene because like i said it it showed that he was just kind of doing his job Mm -hmm. and then after that well we should probably mention also the fact that hosting so the guy the guy who ends up so yeah, so the grandpa he, so. Yeah, he ends up seeing the helicopter that was flying in the in the canyon and yeah. ever since he saw He's not that, the only one too. There's a bunch of different reports that come out saying um we saw a blackbird in the sky or something like right. that and everybody's okay like where where exactly did this helicopter go? Right, exactly. But then 3 weeks later he ends up going to a motel for a healing. That's what it's called. He has to bring a token. Um, and he ends up meeting Anna and then the grandmother of Anna. So that sort of tracks. You're talking about the murder scene um, because you have the listening woman there. She's blind. And what her job is, is basically to diagnose the guy mm-hmm. and his illnesses because it's not Western medicine. She's there to determine whether he needs sings, like different types of sings. He's that, talking about it could possibly be like witchcraft and stuff oh, like that. Oh, they talk about witches yeah. all the time. Yeah. So it, basically they're thinking that he's cursed with something and she's going to determine what it is so that he can go get a sing ritual and maybe try to purge his like sins out of his body or something. Yep. But then the next scene you see that his eyes have his eyes have been gorged out. He has his, his liver is gone. Yeah. yeah, his liver is gone. Anna is also dead in the bathtub. Yeah, and and uh, like and what did you think of that scene? I, I I liked it a lot. I by by this point we had already had the uh, the robbery scene. We had seen Joe Lee Porn doing his job. We had also then seen that these people die. So I was like, oh, this is like turning into a really good series. I was I was entertained. Uh huh. And, and then we have she's introduction, who's the second star of the show. Yep. Kiowa Gordon. Uh, he is driving down the road, right? And yeah. there's these like people whose engines have given out or something, and he's they're waving him down, and he just drives right past. past them. He has a nice suit on. And he has, he has <laughs> the rock song in the background. And as soon as I wrote, I saw that, I wrote down asshole because I was like, this is not who he is in the books. Oh, really? They changed his character. He is almost identical. 
um, in the book series to Leaphorn. In fact, I think Hillerman's first thing, his concept was, okay, I don't have the rights to Leaphorn anymore. I have to make someone almost exactly, exactly like him to, to kind of balance that out. I don't know. I, li- I liked his character here. Yeah. I mean, they're clearly pushing the idea of one being the uh, old mentor and then him mm-hmm. almost like he, like she is definitely going to mature throughout the television show. You can tell right at the beginning. And I really like the conversations but that happened uh, between she and Leaphorn because I felt like they were the most authentic the in the key series. And conversations yeah because they were just in the car driving yeah. down the desert road <laughs> yeah it, it gave it a nice chance for like comedy and also it, it gave good backstory i thought for chi okay and then that we saw this pregnant lady in the hospital and she has this baby coming and the the nurse comes in and trans translates for the doctor mm-hmm. because she only speaks Danae, and uh and she basically tells her not to trust the doctor yeah. What did you think of that? That, that, that? that was strange. And it was even stranger when I learned that the nurse was actually the uh, wife of Lee Porn. Because I was like, Emma? Whoa, yeah, Emma, what's going on here? He's, like, he's not married in the book series. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, so she's an added character. And so is the pregnant lady. I had no idea who she was. Maybe she's in a different book. But yeah, the Navajo people are definitely paranoid of the government. They're paranoid of white people in general. And they're paranoid of modern medicine. And yep. you can't blame them for a lot of their paranoia because they have been mistreated for so long that like a lot of this mentality just bleeds through yeah and that's why when lee porn goes to the reservation to drop off the listening woman we learn he's been basically ostracized by the reservation they call him a traitor for joining the cops and uh we still we see that he kind of still cares for the reservation but the reservation doesn't really care about him yeah i feel like they're um exacerbating that issue with him in the reservation in this in the series in the um, books he definitely has a closer relationship like he's able to travel and talk to people who wouldn't normally talk to cops like Mm -hmm. he has that in um, but maybe he'll just gain that throughout this season he also has a closer relationship to Anna the girl who dies in the motel than any time in the book it seemed yeah it it seemed like like they were very close it actually reminded me of the expanse almost the investigation with the man that had when he's trying to find Julie yeah but with Julia Mao he didn't know who Julia was it seemed like they were saying Lee Porn and Anna were related. Well, yeah, because they because they give him a picture later on where they're both in it together, and he starts crying. And he said that Emma, someone said that Emma would also find that interesting. So it like almost like they were her parents, but maybe not. Maybe like something, her godparents. Something happened. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, they go Lee Porn and she go to the autopsy in Flagstaff, and she and Lee Porn are just getting to know each other. Lee Porn is the lieutenant; he's in charge. And the first thing we find is Whitover, high pockets, Noah Emmerich. He he is this cocky FBI guy, Stan Beeman, still from the Americans. He's also he's, racist, though. Like, he's a little racist, uh, but he's he's trying to figure out what happened. But he's more interested in finding that helicopter from earlier yeah. than he is about these two dead uh, uh, Native Americans. He's trying to connect anything to that helicopter. He, yeah. He, he really wants that investigation figured out. Exactly. And, and so, like, there's this whole discussion over the dead bodies about how they died and um, why her token is missing. And that was the only only time that i was like well this could be related to people of darkness that other book because her token being missing and how she might have died because there was no gunshot wound Mm -hmm. or anything Uh, yeah i like the mystery angle and i really like the fact that jim chi was kind of the one to figure out about that it was a healing like it kind of gave him like i feel like he's going to be very good when it comes to details where lee porn is kind of uh very good when it comes to analyzing the situation as a whole in the books she has an amazing memory 
Like he is, was going to be one of the singers, one of the people who performed the rituals to heal people mm. because his memory was good enough to remember every single song. And so he uses that, obviously, in his we investigation We haven't tactics. seen that in this episode yet, though, or in this They're show They're both yet. very good investigators, yeah. is that what I'm saying? Um, and then the listening woman, when they go back to visit her and get her story, see, she is super shocked and still sick and she's unable to talk to them. That's completely different than the book. She has plenty of conversations with Leaphorn and she's like uh, scouting him out and trying to figure out if he's a good guy or not and so it's kind of like they're neutering her character a bit but yeah isn't her name margaret i could be getting that wrong but i think i think it the might listening be woman yeah it might be i didn't i just always call her the listening woman well, yeah yeah so so that was strange because yeah they I call we, anna her granddaughter though and i'm not even sure if that's canon because i know that she was definitely her protege because that's what she oh, wanted okay, to be. That's what she, okay. But yeah. I don't know if Anna was actually her granddaughter. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean by like kind of restricting her down because she's still able to walk when he's dropping her off at the reservation before. But now it's almost like she's completely comatose. Yeah. You know? But keep in mind, they did change the title of this to Dark Winds. So it doesn't yeah. necessarily have to even revolve around her. Then we go back to Sally. She's the pregnant girl. She's in the middle of this like random... Um, Hogan, that's what they call houses here, but they don't do it in the show, which made me sad. Huh. Uh, and uh, is her mom a witch? Because basically the police officers show up, Manuelita and, um, and and she, and they're like, so we have some questions for your daughter. She seems a little uh, disturbed. And there was like scarring on her or a bruise on her arm that we wanted to talk to her right, about. Right, because Emma gave Longhorn the address. And what the, the hell did the was. mom do? She like made a step towards the cop and then suddenly Manuelita had like a convulsion. Like, yeah, like, she's something. hearing birds going, here's the thing so i really like like i said the first 10 minutes afterwards i was okay with the character introductions but really when it started to do kind of the sci-fi thing that you're talking about the steven-esque type thing it's not though i promise you like reading the books it's like a sherlock holmes series or scooby-doo where <laughs> you'll see something that's not supposed to be right and you're like questioning whether or not the supernatural is involved and then they answer it there's some logical well, explanation. I'm, I'm glad it. they answered, but I was just annoyed that they even kind of tried to go that angle because I was just enjoying kind of the realism that they were showing. Yeah, it was it. super weird. But then she does the medicine bundle thing. And I'll tell you in the books, they're super close to rituals and traditions and, and trying to respect and uh, pay homage to the culture. Right. Yeah. So I come and honor the culture, I should say. Yeah. So when she leaves the place, when she calls she and saves his life because there were, he was about to be at gunpoint if he had like entered that place right um she, and then she does the little thing she's like uh, my 38 doesn't protect me like this medicine bundle does like i understood that line at least yeah and then uh and then that's that almost leads us to the rest of the, the re end of the episode right because then she we learn is actually in with widower well he's undercover fbi yes and he and the people of darkness book is definitely thinking about joining the fbi but i don't know if he ever actually does. Oh, okay, yeah. He definitely doesn't come back and try to, like, undercover it like he is here. So he's all... But they also drop the word the Buffalo Society saying they might be involved in that. They definitely are involved. Right, yeah. And so... And then by the end of the episode, it turns out that Leaphorn goes to where So was... His, uh, yeah. Learns that the water has been contaminated. And then I, I needed to... I checked a recap for this because I wasn't sure what they exactly showed at the very end. But the helicopter. We, we go underwater, yeah. There's a helicopter and there's a dead body inside. Obviously, the helicopter from the beginning of the episode at least that's what i so thought. what do you think is happening where do you think the show's going i have no idea <laughs> okay so you're just lost <laughs> yeah basically what would you give this pilot episode one through ten 
Uh, you know, well, so I can't, I'm gonna go through my pros. Like I said, a lot of talent behind the camera. I really like the first 10 minutes, but I was kind of annoyed that the murder angle, especially in the motel, is, I feel like, going to take up kind of the basis for this season. It's definitely the instigating factor that really puts everybody on the same uh, charge. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you like uh, slow burn westerns, I think this is definitely going to be your cup of tea. I do think the mystery angle is done well. Obvious work has been put in to try and make this show good. I could definitely tell that they were trying to make it, like, also digest I imagine in the book, it probably gets pretty dense. I'm surprised that because we're only supposed to have seen once or we're supposed to have seen one sixth of the entire plot because it's six oh, episodes. Oh, it's six episodes? I it's, thought it was going to be 10. No, it's six episodes. And that makes me like, how are they going to pull this all together? Because we barely skimmed the surface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OK. And then my cons are, yeah, like I said, kind of the witchcraft angle. I'm glad that doesn't go too supernatural from what you said. Um, I'm trying to see where that she working with Widover like uh, storyline is going to go because it felt like kind of a little muddled to me and I it, it felt like I didn't need it. That was what some of these scenes felt like in, in this TV show. Uh-huh. Um, but so overall, I give it like a six out of ten. Probably would have given it a seven, but I'm trying to be a little bit more restrictive with my scores. Are you going now. to continue to watch it? Uh, if I learn that it gets really good, probably. Okay. But, yeah. Right now, it has a 7.6 on IMDb. Okay. Uh, it was fluctuating between that and an 8.1. Rotten Tomatoes score, very favorable, 100%, 83% audience score critic. And then uh, also, like, the articles that are coming out are basically saying it's about time this guy got his own show. That's on. Um, <laughs> Zon does a great job. What, what would you give this show? I would, I, I see, that's the thing. It's like when you read the books and then immediately watch what they're based <laughs> off of, it is so hard to gauge whether or not what you're watching is good. But I was just watching for comparisons. I would say... Probably a seven. Seven? Probably a seven. But that said, I do have to point out some things. I will give the show as much artistic liberty as I can handle, but there are so many differences that I have to just explore those for a second. The show did feel a little blocky. Um, They didn't have the subtlety with the introductions. Like every scene felt like, hello, I'm blah, blah, blah from blah, blah. And I'm here to blah, blah, blah. You see, I like the character introductions. I thought that all of them were done well. Well, see, you didn't even mention the priest who came in. Oh, right. Actually, except for him. He he, he had like a minute. He walked into the precinct. He's like, this is who my character is. Goodbye. Benjamin. So literally just shows up to be like, so have you got any information on who could have done this? Oh, no. Okay, I'm out. Yeah. So that's the type of scene that I was like, well, this is a little bit to one note i'll agree with that with that introduction the glaring differences though i think you'll be a little surprised listening women and people of darkness she and lee porn hold those books independently they never meet each other oh okay so that's cool so one is lee porn's book the listening woman and the other one is she's book people of darkness so it was a cool seeing them come together on screen then yeah, but it was also, I saw it happen three times because I watched the Robert Redford other versions too. And so by the end of the day, I had seen three different versions of different she's and Lee Horns <laughs> meeting each other, all in different adaptations of his books. So my question is, that, do they ever actually meet each other in the books? <laughs> because they certainly don't in those two books. And it's interesting how they are trying to weave it together. Um, she is, as I said, more of an asshole here. Uh, he seems a little out of touch with his roots, and that is very against who he is in the books. Mm. He is very on top of it. In fact, he's debating the entire... He's having like a moral identity crisis throughout his the people of darkness, whether or not he should pursue a job in law enforcement or whether he should go back uh. to the Navajo people and just be a singer and train in that field. Um, Leaphorn, as I said, is more serious. He's also more defeatist. Like, the Lee Porn in the book, The Listening Woman, was a lot more fun. He was a lot more active. Like, he could run around. I think he was younger. 
So I think oh, what happened okay. was they ageified these so that it would be more of that mentor relationship. Yeah, because you're supposed to be like 60 here or so, right? Well, that's how old uh, What's-His-Face is in, in real life. Yeah. yeah, and he's also married here. So they definitely settled him down. Um, they also got rid of, subtracted a lot of characters, added some characters, which obviously that was... But Manuelita, there were no women cops in the precinct and i it is a little she surprising seemed, she seemed like a big character at least from... she's she's real apparently hillerman's daughter also continued the series after he passed away and she's one of oh. the characters that was added okay. but she does was not around like this is a retroactive addition and it doesn't really make as much sense given that this is so early like the 70s i'm not sure how many women cops there were altogether yeah let alone those who were of navajo 50 years ago yeah over 50 yeah, years ago so but i mean she's there and that's fine and I, her character's fine i like your character they yeah. also got rid of <laughs> she's love interest mary um they got rid of well, theodora they, they might show up later yeah she could theodora i doubt will though um and then the fbi both she and Lee Porn work with them, but usually on a very um, cohesive basis. Like, they work <laughs> together very well. And they, the FBI is just such a bigger part of this show than they ever were in the books. Like, they were there to kind of explain some stuff. Interesting. But they were they were not dicks as much. It's just weird to see Stan there or, or uh, Wit over there just, like, kind of constructing this whole... Like, he feels like he's the villain of the series. No, I think he is. I really like the line between Lee Porn and Whitover where Lee Porn says to him, I will pretend your bank robbers are Navajo if you pretend my two murder victims are white. Let's see which one of us does our job quicker. Yeah, that never happens in the books. They do describe... In fact, Lee Porn is the one who's more interested in the helicopter stuff than the FBI in the books. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah that's completely opposite here. Oh, yeah. The FBI actually goes and gives him kind of a break by giving them his their folder on what went on. They tell him about the helicopter thing later on. And the helicopter is not part of the robbery when it goes down. They escape in a helicopter, but there's no helicopter descending in the middle of the actual <laughs> robbery. They yeah. added that. And one thing that they love to do, or Hillerman loves to do, is have explosions. So in that first scene when there's a big explosion, I'm like, yep. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's him. That tracks. Um, <laughs> but the one scene I do have issue with that I think they really could have done something cool with was the introduction of the listening woman. I think they should have done the murder scene differently. First of all, the listening woman is like a traveling doctor back in the 1800s where people would like instead of going somewhere for a doctor, they would invite them to their houses. So the listening woman went to So's house, mm. his Hogan, that place that we saw at the end where Lee right. was at. And Anna is with her. And So is a lot grumpier in the book. He's telling her about how he just wants to contact his grandson before he dies and that he needs this message sent out. And then Anna takes the listening woman up where Lee Porn walked on that little pathway yeah. up the mountain. And she st stands there for a while or sits there for a while and just listens. That's her job because she's trying to... Listening I guess, woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But she's taking in all the nature and kind of taking in what could be plaguing this guy and what he needs. And she hears these screams and she hears a bunch of stuff. And then when she comes down and she starts calling for Anna... Like, no one responds. Mm. And so then she walks and walks and walks. And we are told as the reader that she literally just walks by Anna's body, not realizing that she's That's dead her. on the ground. And that leap, and not leap horn, but that uh, so is like toppled over on his chair, whereas she left him on the rocking chair, like outside of his property, dead as well. That probably would have, and, yeah. and then it just cut. And then we start the, it, like, months later, 
where where Lee Porn is doing his investigation. It probably would have been effective. Yeah, weeks later here. Well, it would have been effective. Um, but yeah, you're almost saying it was kind of the opposite. Where so had to go to this motel. I think as a director, it would have made such a cool, shocking intro that yeah. people wouldn't have expected because you wouldn't expect something like that small to turn into something so gruesome. And I understand that they changed it to the hotel, and they also paid a little bit of foreshadowing with like the claw marks on the door and stuff mm-hmm. to stuff that's going to happen later on. But there's a lot of like characters that I really wish they had mentioned or, or jumped into that they didn't get to here it's, it's and, going for multiple seasons though right no they don't know that yet i mean it's still up in the air but but like they could do a season two it's not yes, just a they limited could do a series two. okay yeah i'm sure robert redford would want to do as many series as he could with it in fact his son who recently passed away uh was the one who wrote i think the second adaptation that they did in uh, oh, the wow. early 2000s I mean, so, yeah, overall, though, you'd give it a seven, I'd give it a six. That's like a six and a half. Okay. That's, the a, okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.